0: last decade as the world population focused on healthier eating growth in food industries such as the fish and seafood industry has risen. Canada has a thriving fish and seafood industry that exports approximately 5 billion USD of fish according to a 2019 stat by statista.com. With this growth of course comes increased investment in the industry and a push to make the ecosystem more efficient from both an economic and ecological perspective. and Winta Aspau, Senior Associate at Dentons Canada LLP. In today's Agribusiness podcast, Chris Young, Senior Manager of Client Development at Dentons, sits down with the winner of our 2021 AgTech Pitch Competition, Seamus McDonald, co-founder of Sedna Technologies, and talks about the cool and unique technologies he's developing to help the live seafood industry.
1: So Seamus, I'm not going to try and uh, I don't want to butcher the explanation of what you do and what your company does, but I will have to say it's it's super cool. Uh, and you've developed, I would say, a combination of data capture, uh, hardware tools to capture that data for the live seafood industry. But frankly, it, it's pretty cool, uh, especially the globe. And I'll have you explain that a little bit more to our listeners, but I I always think of it as i I've been thinking of it like a Pokemon ball. I have three kids and they like Pokemon and every time I see it, I'm like, that's a Pokemon ball. Anyways, could you give us a little bit of background of uh, what Sedna technology does?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so Sedna was actually founded in 2017. Um, I myself, I grew up in a commercial fishing family here in rural Nova Scotia. Um, so I've always found a connection to it. My father was a commercial fisherman and, and many generations back uh, were also commercial fishermen. So Growing up in the industry, obviously, it's a very traditional kind of industry. There's, you know, limited exposure to technology, especially in these rural communities. Um, so while fishing and, and in my off-season, I began consulting and, and as I was consulting, I really found that the data capture within the industry just wasn't present. Um, the pra- the industry practices were still going on like they would have 50 years ago. So. Uh, my co-founder and I, um, Alexander Stavino, who's a former roommate of mine from university, um, who worked in the technology industry and had the, the understanding of modern technologies and how they could be applied, kind of approached me and said, hey why don't we put our heads together and develop something. Um, so that's really where Sedna was born. Um, we began by digitizing some business operations, so replacing pen and paper um, within kind of primary producers, so those that actually purchase catch from harvesters. Uh, we did that and successfully grew that business and and as we were doing that we said well if we're tracking live seafood where it came from why can't we track the conditions that it was held in and that's for the reason obviously is that that's where the most uh, waste and mortality come from within the industry so we kind of thought long and hard about it used some sensors from from all over the world and integrated them into the platform before we decided on the sensor glow concept in 2018 and, and really put some time and focus into developing that product which you mentioned does look like a pokemon ball but it, uh, it doesn't catch pokemon it just captures data on the seafood supply chain
1: <laughs> so let's go back a little bit to when you first you know you said your family you know you have a family history in in fishing how was that like growing up in the industry like did you did you ever think like yeah there's a better way to do things or were you just you know taking it in and learning you know how it was done
2: yeah no definitely um just just learning how it was done learning kind of call it the tricks of the trade um you know being able to rely on a compass but also say use modern technology like like a plot or a sounder to to understand where you're setting traps um so kind of getting exposure to both but i mean the big thing being is just even just the industry in general so harvesters yes their technology has gotten better over over time but just in general, how the industry worked together. Um, you know, how the catch was actually bought and sold, how it actually got to market and got to a plate. Nothing was really innovative. Um, you know, it was the same common practices, the same kind of understanding of, oh no, that, that's just the way things are. Um, so for me, it's, it's kind of taking that look. And then I had a bit of exposure into the oil and gas industry um, prior to jumping back into fisheries for the second time. And during that, that's when I really got exposed to technology and what's out what's there that's modern. You know, we can go and drill a well offshore Eastern Canada, you know, miles and miles out at sea and, and extract oil. Yet yeah, we're flying a lobster across the globe and there's no data or information known about it. So um, kind of knowing that these things existed and, and really saying, well, what do I know or what can I actually understand? And how can that be applied to the industry is really what I set out to do before. Uh, before
1: really putting Sednet on the map. As you're developing this technology and, and finding a, a solution here, what was really the core issue or challenge that the industry faced that really propelled you to take a look at developing this technology? Like, what's really hampers kind of the whole ecosystem?
2: It was honestly, it's, it's, you don't know what you don't measure. Um, so as I mentioned, it's you know, if you look year to year at these companies, you know, very profitable, um, that have done very well for themselves, yet they they would look at it and say, what's the dollar amount say on our bottom line of our revenue? Like, how do we how do we look compared to last year? You know, what if the catches were, you know, double this year and you only made the same amount of money as last year? Is that really good? No. Um so there's inefficiencies along the supply chain and being able to identify those. So that's that's really what our first approach was is to digitize the process. Um to be able to extract the data from that process to say, okay, well, this is where the weak spots are. Um so what we really combated and, and what we went to to do is decrease the amount of waste. Um, so ensuring that the proper product gets the right market. So a quick example of that would be, you know not every lobster come that comes out of the sea is is able to say, make it across to a high-end restaurant in Hong Kong. Um, but how do you know what lobster actually can get there? Um, that's that's really what we wanted to be able to identify. so making sure that the product that does get on the plane and get shipped overseas, um, that somebody will be able to obviously consume that on the other end.
1: Now, you're still, I would say, I mean, you have the product, you are selling it, you've got some customers. What kind of challenges have you faced as you've been starting up the company and to where you're at now?
2: Yeah, um, lots of challenges. Um, Obviously being being innovative is, is challenging in itself. Um, The industry we worked in primarily, again, I'm I'm speaking a lot about commercial fisheries, but we do do a lot of work in aquaculture as well. Um, But just exposing yourself and and saying, this is what we want to do, and kind of getting, say, client feedback to say, well, no, we, we don't need that. We've never needed something like that. Um, and really, you know, getting their trust to, to trust your technology and, and really sell that value proposition is obviously a challenge. Um, and then just technical challenges. You know, we're, we built a product that, that didn't exist. Um, there's, there's lots of, you know, sensors that collect data around the world and, and, and work in the industry, but there's nothing specific to what we design. So technical challenges and overcoming those and, and ensuring that the product can actually do what, what we say it can do is. always a challenge
1: as well yeah and and that's the thing with a call call it agriculture in general right like it's a very traditional we think of it as a very traditional industry and there's a lot of traditional practices in place and so you know i always even many years ago when they first added uh, gps systems to like combines you know, I'm, I'm sure there was some hesitancy there where it's like, well, that's not how we always did it. And so I think when you're looking at a traditional industry, sometimes it's it's that hard sell, you know, with with new tech and adding what they may seem as complex. But I think as to your point, like being more efficient, being more profitable, having more data
2: exactly exactly it's you know they're, they're still doing the same practice it's just gathering more information and data and providing better intelligence and insights to, to those everyday practices yeah.
1: now growing up you talked about uh you know a fishing background fishing family like is was that your own business or was that the family business at that time
2: yeah so so my father was a commercial fisherman uh, my mother was a, a school teacher um, but yeah, he, that was, that was his career. Uh, he was a license holder, so a privately owned harvesting company. Um, so yeah, I grew up with that. I have lots of relatives that, that did the same. And then even myself, uh, five years ago, I invested in the industry as well. And so I still do commercially fish myself, um, for snow crab, but that's a, it's a seasonal industry. So right. Call it, call it my vacation yeah. from Sedna.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. But it also keeps you on the ground right? Exactly. Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the the pilot customer for a lot of the things that, that we develop and, and that's, uh, yeah. And it's, it's also good to, to have that deep understanding of the industry and the challenges of the industry and the environments that the product will be exposed to before, you know, making investments on theoretical assumption. Would you
1: say that, uh, having grown up in, in that, uh, where your father owned his, his own business in that sense, did that influence you wanting to become an entrepreneur or was it just, you did, you just saw a problem and you thought I'll take care of it. Or, or was there some influence from your background?
2: No, definitely. Definitely. I mean, every, every fisherman um, that owns a license is an entrepreneur. Uh, it's their own business. Um, you know, the, the increase in effort and the increase in costs there's, there's always only so much money they can make and and there's always obviously more and more costs. So becoming efficient and managing that business is definitely something I saw my father do year over year. Um, And you're dealing with, you know, crazy market fluctuations and and other things. So um, I think that was a big drive for me. Um, But also, yeah, like, I think to your point, I, I saw an opportunity, you know, I think my, my background and personality, I always would be an entrepreneur. In some shape or form, whether it was you know growing a um, a commercial fishing business, or it would be to uh, to to start a company. Um, and I, you know, I'm pretty fortunate that that I was able to start a tech company of all companies because I do think that that's you know true innovation, um, especially in a pretty you know traditional industry.
1: For sure. Um, did you have a mentor uh, as you were?
2: Yeah, so we, we were fortunate when uh, here in Nova Scotia, there's a lot of support um, for startups, especially in the ocean tech sector. Um, so we had a number of different mentors through different, you know, call it uh, incubators and accelerators um, over the years, um, but also just leaning on, you know, practical experience of, of individuals I knew that might not even be involved in tech. And my father, for example, you know, he's, he's battled many years of, you know, global trade changing and increase in prices and you know decrease in, in what his land to catch would be and, and how do you you know how do you continue to finance your business and, and still pay for yourself or pay pay yourself a salary at the end of the year. Um, so really leaning on people like that was was definitely helpful and and recently as I mentioned we we expanded into aquaculture. So we brought on a new Norwegian partner with who who provides a lot of mentorship um, to us not only in the aquaculture sector but just growing the tech side of the business as well.
1: So I guess with that, what what are the plans for Sedna, you know, in the midterm, the next five years?
2: Yeah, we're um, we're a growing company. Um, again, I think we we really have our, our feet underneath us now with, with kind of call it core R and D done. We have a product market fit. So uh, we we're expanding. We're you know chasing both commercial fisheries and aquaculture. There's there's a lot of different markets we can target. So I think for us, it's really growing the company to, to be as big as you know we want it to be. I think there, there's tons of opportunity, but it's also listening to our customers and clients and you know really get a deep understanding of what those issues are that they have. And if it's expertise that we think we have, then, then hopefully solve some of those problems.
1: And really your technology is applicable across the globe to any live seafood type industry, right? It, it's not restricted to Canada.
2: No, we we have clients in Asia. We have clients in Australia, Chile, Norway, um, all through Europe or yeah, U.S. Obviously, Canada. So we it's a it's a pretty attractive product, and I think that's what you know for me day to day business. You know, it changes all the time because although you're working in the same industry, say in different different parts of the world, they they have different challenges, whether it be weather, whether it be you know remote communications and, and that's what really keeps it interesting and, and really kind of fuels our innovation
1: when you first started it was yourself and your uh university roommate there or co-founder um where how big are you guys now how many employees do you have?
2: um so we're up to 10 uh, 10 internal employees um now and and we're, we're growing that obviously as we speak um, and then we work with subcontracting teams as well that, uh, that provide specific expertise that we don't have
1: and how how long has this growth period happened from just the two to now 10.
2: Yeah. So like I said, we founded 2017, but we really didn't begin doing anything um, until 2018. So it's it's only been three short years, but but definitely a lot of growth. Yeah.
1: Three short years in a global pandemic. And yeah, that's a good
2: Yeah. But that that also that's that's a funny point you make. But that's that's what really helped the industry as well as understanding what technology can do. And because when the pandemic did hit, there was a lot of individuals that, you know, previous practice that have to go to the office to complete their job while well, utilizing technology such as ours, they could they could be home watching their kids during the pandemic. So it really, it, it kind of, again, that fueled a lot of demand for technology. Um, so COVID has been good and it's, it's obviously been bad too, like, like many businesses, but uh, yeah, hasn't slowed us down yet.
1: Um, what's one piece of advice you would give You know anyone wanting to start a business or anyone wanting to get into entrepreneurship
2: you know chase it there's there's going to be ups and downs um i think the the main thing is to remain focused and and realize why you started the company in the first place Um, whether it be that you saw an opportunity or whether it be that you really want to be an entrepreneur i think you know there's there's no denying there's phenomenal entrepreneurs in canada and it's really just you know, taking that big step and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I remember when I started, I was obviously hesitant and, and nervous, but best decision I think I've, I've made today. for
1: sure. I'd say so. Absolutely. Well, Seamus, thank you so much for taking time today to, you know, not only share your story, but, you know, share your story about Sedna and how you started. Uh, I do wish you luck moving forward and, and I do look forward to working with you and hopefully having you back on the podcast to see how your progress is going. So yeah, no, thank you for taking time today.
2: Awesome. Thank you very much,
1: Chris. So a link to Sedna can be found in the podcast description. Uh, Definitely highly recommend you guys check it out. So thanks everyone for taking time to join us on the podcast today. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast through whichever platform you're using to listen to this episode. And don't forget to add your email to our Denton's contact list so you can be notified anytime we have new content. Take care and we will catch you on our next episode.